I heard Secret Agent Man there for a second. So the joke is, of course, the uh, the fact that we're talking about the alternate email accounts of both Governor Scott Walker, other elected officials, now Governor Evers, and joining me in studio, as he does every Tuesday at 9.30, is Dan Schaefer, political columnist, writer, a great writer, by the way. And uh, his site is the Recombob- Recombobulation Area. How can folks find that? Uh, you can, of course, find it at the recombobulationarea.news. I publish on Substack, uh, the Recombobulation Area on Substack. You can also find me on Twitter at Dan R. Schaefer. He's a very active Twitter writer, Xer, whatever. Probably, probably too, too active. <laughs> yeah, I would probably say. me too. Yeah, yeah. I'm watching the Bears game last night, Bears Vikings game, and I'm, I'm finding myself tweeting like I do for a Packers game because it was so ineptly bad. It was Oof, brutal football. It was bad. It was bad. All right, so we're going to do a couple things. I want to get your thoughts on the the big story yesterday, and still a story today, about the implication, your words, of what public records are available, use of email accounts, private email accounts with the governor. Now we find out the former governor, other elected officials have done this. And then a great question we're going to get to in, in the next segment about what's a bigger story. And you, you pose an interesting question, but before we get to that, your thoughts on the story that kind of broke yesterday, even though... A lot of people had this knowledge in advance of what happened yesterday. Yeah, I think this is a total nonsense story. It is Tell a, me why. And I think it is, you know, and I, as a journalist, I, I love Wisconsin's public records law. I use it frequently. Uh, I think it is a very, very important tool for the public to be able to know uh, what their government is up to, what their elected officials are up to. But this is just an absolute nonsense story because there's... No, because this is the, this is the case for every other public official there is. If you go to any legislator's site, you can see their email address. Let's say it's rep, you know, robin.voss at wisconsin.gov. That, that gets an auto response and saying, thank you for contacting the speaker's office, blah, blah, blah. And they have an actual email that they conduct actual business on. Right. So it is, it's just the way that the conservative media outrage machine manufactures a story that is really a non-story and I think, you know, ultimately the, the, the story that is here is, I think it's somewhat amusing that the governor used Warren Spahn, uh, as his, as his email address. I mean, it, it's a little bizarre. It's a little bit amusing, but I don't think there's any actually nefarious things happening here. And look, I've been critical of the Evers administration on a number of occasions. I frankly don't like working with their press office all that much, but this is a total non-story. So was it a non-story when the same question was asked of Governor Walker? Cause he had an alternate, I think it was Kevin Dot Scott at, at uh, Wisconsin. Also a non-story. Also a non-story. Because that got a lot of attention. I, I don't really think that is a particularly big deal. And I think this is just, you know, the way that public, uh, the public access to, you know, the public officials' email is, they have to, so there's a lot of emails that come through. And if they're going to continue to conduct business and running the state and making so many important decisions, you have to sift through a lot of that to be that's able to make those decisions. That's what their staff is for, not and necessarily elected officials. Exactly, but the elected, but you're not... It, directly emailing an elected official when you see that email address on the governor's website or on the assembly speaker's website that is not going directly to right. their phone right um i asked this question of uh, my guest just before you joseph pecky democratic strategist um should we tighten up the open records laws in wisconsin i, I admitted before that republicans loosen them yeah should we tighten them back up yeah i think we absolutely should i mean the assembly speaker is still using taxpayer dollars to fight cases over public, public records law relating to the Gableman mess. 
We're still paying for that. Yeah, don't get me started on the Gableman mess. That's another hour. Well, this, is the, this is the part of the, my issue with this story, though, is that we're making mountains out of molehills. That's what when we do. We have, politics, when we, well, exactly. We're making mountains out of molehills with this Warren Spahn thing. And we're holding elected officials to different standards. You're holding e- the Evers administration to a different standard than we're holding other public officials to. And so, you know, the... the Republican legislature who has changed the open records law that is constantly, constantly the speakers in legal legal battles uh, over the way that his office uses open records. As somebody who uses open records to do your job, Mm -hmm. do you get the sense that elected officials are being honest with their constituents? I mean, when it comes to the documents they they produce. No, of course not. I mean, across (laughs) the border, both sides, both sides. and, And I think. You know, I think the the main offenders have been on a certain side of the aisle. I think you know I've requested, um, made requests of the of the speaker's office where you know there there has been filings later in the fact that they they say that you know digital communications can be deleted. Right. Well, and right. I request you know things like digital communications and come up with nothing. I think there's a reason why. Well, I think they have legal standing that says they they can delete them. Right, right. So, that's, so why that's are we worried why. about? So why are we worried I'm about worried Warren about Spahn? All of it. That's, I guess that's my point. As somebody yeah. who identifies as a Republican, I'm worried about we we're not seeing what we're supposed to be seeing from both sides. I I don't like it, and I think most I think the public agrees with me. Let's let's get to the bottom of this stuff. I don't agree. It's a non-story. I think, and I, but I don't want to make it a political story. I don't care what your p- political affiliation is as an elected official. If you write it down. I want to see it if I ask for it. That's my standard. But the the insinuation that that hasn't happened is not necessarily backed up by the facts. And I think well, not yet. Well, but they're insinuating that there is some sort of nefarious action happening here. When uh, you know, I think the, even the Journal Sentinel wrote that that in their responses to public records request, they the governor's office has indicated that he uses this particular email. That's correct. Yes. And so, and so. There's nothing. There's nothing there. This is just a made-up, ginned-up nonsense story. Well, it's it's not made up. This is it's a reality. Well, but, but it's the, a reality. The, but the fact, the made-up controversy, the controversy yeah, is what's made up. Yeah, that, and that's politics 2023. <laughs> that's exactly what I've been talking about on this show for years. We we take these stories that have minor significance and we make mountains out of them, and we do it all the time, and we actually waste our time when it comes to actually dissecting and implementing important policy that would actually change the state and move it in the right direction. That's my point. There are much better things that we could be talking about right now. All right, now. so you... And I, you, we can talk about it maybe yeah, after the break we're, here. We're gonna, yeah, we're going to do that because you asked an interesting question, and, and I want to be fair on this. I'm not sure of my, my answer quite yet because I, I'm going to disagree with you on the uh, special sessions, but we'll get to that with Dan Schaefer, our guest. You can see his work at the Recombobulation area. We'll take a break here. Listen, of course, to WTMJ Now on this Tuesday. As he is every Tuesday, Dan Schaefer, political columnist. You can see his work in the recombobulation area. He joins me in studio. All right, so you pose an interesting question this morning on mm-hmm. the X, formerly known as Twitter. Give me the question. Okay. Um, do, you ha- do you have the actual language I in do. front of you? Because I don't. What's okay. the bigger story? Okay. An implication of what public records might reveal, which was talking about the subject we just discussed, or a story on what they actually reveal, what's really worth Covering and then you and you tie in the Robin Voss, Speaker of the Wisconsin Assembly, his attendance at a conference in Brazil. You've you've been pretty vocal about the fact that that demonstrates his inability, his unwillingness to work with the governor in this case, a special session. Yeah. So I broke this story uh, a little over a week ago, uh, based on some public records request 
that Robin Voss during the so there there was a special session called in August. The governor called a special session in August. The special session was on September twentieth. On September eighteenth, uh, Assembly Speaker Robin Voss left on a flight to Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, mm-hmm. for a conference with the leader- National Conference of right. State Legislatures. Leadership conference, yeah. Leadership conference there, yeah. Uh, so he so he left for that on the his official calendar shows on Monday September 18th and was in Brazil through September 24th. The, the special session was September 20th. Now I know that we have become we have normalized the fact that the legislature does this gavel in gavel out thing. They refuse to debate the issues when the governor calls them to debate the issues. We have totally normalized that over the four years when Tony Evers was governor in his first term and we're normalizing it still in his second term. What I'm saying, though, that is that that I think this is a real problem, and I think this is a dereliction of duty on the Assembly Speaker's part, and I think these open records requests, uh, these public records reveal just how little he cared for the state of Wisconsin on these very important issues. We had people from all over the state going to the Capitol for this special session. There was a Washington Post story on the many child care uh, providers who were taking action on this special session. There was one person who drove with their son from Superior, Wisconsin, five hours to be at that session, and the assembly speaker was not even in the same hemisphere. So what's a bigger story? An actual act that we found in public records or the insinuation that something might happen? So I'm going to actually argue that point with you. You're very upset. A lot of people are upset about the special sessions being gaveled in and gaveled out. Mm-hmm. I'm upset that instead of just doing this work in the regular, everyday functions of the state legislature in Wisconsin, this is now a political tool to, one, Governor Evers to embarrass Republicans, and on the other side, to use against the, against the Republicans saying, well, they're not listening to us. When I feel all of these things should be done, not in special session, but in regular session. That's my frustration. And here's, here's why I say that. Because the problem is, and you, you identified it, they're not listening to each other. The special session request by the governor, he knows they're not going to listen or open a, a session. On so that. why are we okay with that? I'm why not okay, okay with it, but that? that's, we have to have an understanding of how government works. The legislature has power. The governor has power. They, they should be very rare, first off, and they're not. He's been requesting quite often in the last few years. And two, understand the politics of the era and the year you're living in. These are not going to go anywhere. So this is actually where, my opinion, and you can disagree, this is where the two sides have to find common ground before they get to this point, like we did with shared revenue, like we did with the Brewers Bill. That's how it's supposed to work. You don't have to have special sessions. That's my argument. I think we've just, over 12-plus years of the Republican-controlled state legislature, we've been so accustomed to these types of anti-democratic and small-D democratic actions that I think we're all acting like boiled frogs on this issue because I think there are so I think if you look at what actually happened with this child care funding, okay, the governor proposes it in the budget. Their legislature doesn't immediately vote it out, but when it reaches Joint Finance Committee, they hold a hearing, and at 2.30 in the morning, they vote it out of the budget. So... Evers uses his line item powers on a number of different things, taxes, education, what have you. But he can't put something back in the budget that was removed. Correct. So what he did when he called that special session in August was say, your work's not complete. We need to come back. We need to address this issue so that we don't have thousands of child care providers potentially closing within the next year. We need to come and debate this. 
and he gave them ample time. It was not like the special session was called for the following week. The special session was called for six weeks in advance of it. So there was plenty of time to get to, to debate on the issues, to take a look at things, to, to, you know, the governor sent this survey to, to every member of the Wisconsin state legislature and, and none of the Republicans responded to it. So how are they going to have, how are they going to have this conversation when the Republicans completely refuse to? And I think that's why Evers has employed these special sessions over and over again because the Republicans continue to refuse to debate the issue. They have not adapted to the fact that they are in divided government. They are not have a trifecta anymore. They do not Hold the governorship. Would you so admit they, can't they, have, they have a lot of power? In they the, have in a the lot of power. And, and, they're, and, they're, and they're, they're wielding that power. And they're wielding that power. And they are well within their rights. And they, there's nothing legally against doing these gavel in, gavel outs, or gavel in and adjourn, or gavel in and then take it up, but then toss the whole thing after a public hearing, which is what they did on this. Right, right. <laughs> but for the, for the assembly speaker to leave the country during the special session, when people are coming from all over the state and want to hear their issues heard, want to hear their voices heard, to not even be there is absurd. Well, one, one, the, the assembly speaker's schedule is determined, uh, you know, way ahead. I'm sure this leadership conference wasn't, wasn't planned in August, probably planned a year ago. So I'll give him some slack on that. And I actually invited, I will invite the governor or assembly speaker, Robin Voss, on the show. And I reached out to his, uh, his contact yesterday. Um, look. Again, acknowledge the reality of politics. The, the legislature doesn't want to do this work in, in special session. They've told the governor that over and over again. The reality of divided government, the way it works in Wisconsin is dem, uh, Democrats have the governor's office. Republicans have everything else. You can make an argument about gerrymandering and the court future court decisions. Maybe that will impact the way it's decided is in elections, right? Your representatives. And maybe that will change. Maybe it won't. But this is the reality of government, government and governing in Wisconsin. The legislature has power. They will wield it, as does the governor. And until they respect each other, which is the missing link, right, mm-hmm. nothing's going to change. And so if you keep calling special sessions, we're going to keep doing the same thing. And as you know, that's a definition of insanity. Well, I refuse to normalize that type of behavior from Republicans. They, they're, the governor is offering them a floor to debate. If they want to say what they want to say on child care, say what they want to say on workforce, say what they want to say on paid leave, the UW engineering building, all the different proposals that were in that, they can have the debate. Why is it so hard for Wisconsin Republicans to have this debate at a time that's not 2.30 in the morning? And that's what I, I agree with you on. You have to have the debate. And frankly, we are not having a debate in Wisconsin. And policy, these policies are so important at this moment in our country's history. To not have them is an embarrassment. But that's the reality of what we're seeing in the state of Wisconsin. It's not one side, it's both sides. But I will agree with you that Republicans have not been listening to Democrats on some of these issues and probably should, given some of the results in some of the most recent state elections, which is a fair point I think anyone could agree with. I think the reason, I think that they are losing voters through this gavel in, gavel out, or gavel in and adjourn. You might be right. And maybe they'll learn that. I think Wisconsinites want to have the conversation. I think you and I can have the conversation. I think the rest of Wisconsin can have the conversation, too. That's a great point. Dan Schaefer, he is a great political writer. You can see his work at the Recombobulation. Era. One more break, and then we'll be back with Dan after this on WTMJ Now. A few minutes left with my guest, Dan Schaefer. Here's, he's here every Tuesday morning, 930. His great work, the Recombobulation Area. How can they find it? Uh, you can find it at thereconbobulationarea.news, the Recombobulation Area on Substack, and you can follow me at Dan R. Schaefer on Twitter. And, you know, Dan and I do disagree on a lot of politics stuff, but it's uh, I recognize great writing when I see it, and, and you are very thorough in your work. You obviously come from a left-leaning perspective, which um, is fine. I, um, I, I guess I'm, I'm seeing a lot of the text come in, and 
I will, I'll be honest about this. Most of the texts that are coming in are saying, why don't Republicans recognize the public's interest in hearing this debate? How do you mm-hmm. answer that? I think that's a really important question. I think the the refusal to debate on so many of these important issues that where the governor has called these special sessions has really cost them. Um, and I think this example with, <clears throat> you know, we had the gavel in gavel outs that started in 2019. I think the first one was over a gun violence prevention bills that had over 80 percent support. And so I think that was a really I, I, I think that was a pivotal moment in state politics over the past few years, the the introduction of the gavel in gavel out, uh, you know, in the in this area of, of divided government. And I think that has really pulled the state even further apart. Uh, and the refusal to have these conversations on whether it's gun violence prevention or Medicaid expansion or education funding or abortion rights or, you know, all the different stuff that was called during during the covid pandemic. I, I think the refusal to have those conversations is is really problematic. And I think. This action from the assembly speaker takes it one step further that not even was he going to he wasn't even going to be there for the gavel in gavel out, which turned out to be a gavel. in. he's also not required to be. He's not required to be there. No, but I think the public public expects you to show up and have the debate. And I think the fact that he not only wasn't willing to have the debate, but wasn't even in the country that he went to this conference in Brazil uh, you know, and, and it was this is not the first time that he has faced scrutiny for international travel in the past. A 2018 report from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel showed that Voss received $13,000 in travel and perks that year, a year in which he went a trip to France with the National Conference of State Legislators. This year, he's also done uh, he's traveled to Ireland and he's traveled to Brussels and also to Rio. I've filed uh, public records requests for the expense reports on all of those to see if there was any taxpayer expense funding any of these trips while he's leaving the country when we're supposed to be having these important debates. And I'll ask, ask the speaker those questions when he uh, he's going to be in the studio at some point before the end of the year. I'll ask him those questions. I look forward to it because I've asked them those questions and I'm yet to hear a response. I know what the answer is going to be when I ask you anyway. There, do you think there's election consequences to this style of governing from the republicans in the legislature i do and i think they you know the fact that they could be that there's the potential of them having an election on new maps uh next year i think they're going to they're going to be on the defense and i think when i think in 2020 when they refused to when they were the least uh active state legislature in the country I think that came back to bite him and the Democrats flipped a couple seats that fall. And I think the the refusal to have the conversation, have the debate, show up and do their work uh, is, is just something that's not going to sit well with Wisconsinites. I think Democrats should pick this up and, and really be uh, vocal about it. Dan Schaefer, always appreciate the conversation. Let's do it again next Tuesday. Thanks so much, Steve.